second session, Psalm 77, if you'd like to to turn there in, in your own Bibles. The title of this session is Gospel Hope for Depression. And the question that we ask here is, where do we find hope in God's Word for depression? One of the many places we can turn in Scripture is to the Psalms, in particular the Psalms of Lament. One-third of the 150, one out of every three Psalms in the Bible is a lament. A lament is an expression or a cry of grief or sorrow, but in the Bible it is much more than that. The Psalms of Lament are songs, they're poetry, given to God's people that give voice to the pain that we experience in this broken world, to the hardship that we face in this life. And they help us to turn our gaze up, even in the darkness of depression, to God. These Psalms lead us on a path towards hope. One author writes this, that lament is the prayer of pain that leads to trust, the path of heartbreak that leads to hope. One of these psalms of lament is Psalm 77. The imagery I want us to consider as we walk through this psalm is that of a boat in the darkness. A small boat with a small crew that is being battered around in the middle of the night by a storm. And the storm is raging. The ship or the boat is close to shore where there are rocks jutting out of the sea, making it difficult even in the light of day to navigate, let alone when it's pitch black with blinding rain, a howling wind, and a raging sea. In order to save the boat from being thrown against the rocks, the crew does the only thing that they can, knowing they are utterly unable to save themselves. So in faith, they cast the anchor into the darkness, hoping, trusting that where it lands will be strong enough, secure enough, solid enough to save them from the storm, from the rocks and the sea. In the darkness of depression, what I want to encourage you to do is to cast anchor in that darkness by faith into the Word of God, anchoring your heart to what God has revealed about Himself in His Word, trusting that God in Christ is strong enough to uphold you and to bring you through the storm. So with that imagery in mind, let's read the first two verses of Psalm 77. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and He will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. The psalm begins with a cry. The psalmist is troubled. He's in a posture of prayer, and there doesn't seem to be any comfort. He is hurting. He is restless. And in his trouble, he cries out expressing the turmoil within. He's not silent. This is not a cry that can be held within. And here is where the first anchor is cast in the darkness. Where does the psalmist turn in his trouble? He turns to God. And why does he turn to God? In verse 1, he will hear me. God will hear me. This is a cry of faith. In times of depression, 
or other deep hardships, we all turn somewhere or we turn to someone or something for relief, for comfort, for rest. The psalmist here turns to God in faith, believing that He exists. The anchor is cast into the darkness. That cry is believing that there is a God greater than Him beyond His trouble who hears Him, He's there with Him. Even when we can't feel God's presence, even when we don't understand why things are happening the way that they are, we can take our pain to the Lord. And you may think, well, that's such a small thing. Of course we do that. But that is no small thing, especially when it comes to depression. The heart of depression is prone to turn inward. It curves inward. When the discouragement is so consuming, our thoughts curve inward toward the pain with a self-focus. As we play over and over in our minds the dark, unhelpful thoughts that spiral us further down into depression. There is a pattern in the psalm of crying out to God that teaches us to recognize that our tendency, at times even a sinful tendency, is to turn inward. But even in the darkness, we can follow the psalmist's lead, look up and cry out to God, believing that He exists, believing that He hears. Mark Rogoff wrote this, Despair lives under the hopeless resignation that God doesn't care. He doesn't hear, and nothing is ever going to change. People who believe this, stop praying. They give up. When everything in us feels like giving up, remember, God does exist. He is there, and He hears you. Faith isn't a feeling. When you are looking at the realities of your life through the lens of depression, you are seeing everything through a dark, distorted lens, which is why we need to cast anchor in faith into the solid Word of God. God and His Word are unchanging. Our feelings, our emotions are all over the place. Depression says we aren't here, Lord. But faith says, I feel numb. I feel like you aren't with me. But you say in your Word that you are with me, that you hear my cry. Faith isn't a feeling. It is trusting that what God says is true even when it doesn't feel like it. So back to the psalm, what we're going to see here is that even though he cried out to God, it doesn't mean that the struggle ends. Verse 3, When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit sinks. He has cried out to God, but he's not yet experiencing peace or rest for his heart. When he thinks about God, it just hurts. He considers God in the light of his trouble, and, and it seems to just make things worse in his heart. Have you been here? Have you turned to God and the relief you are crying out for doesn't come? Here's where we cast anchor in an unexpected place in this psalm. Our sovereign God knows our righteous prayer, and he gives us language to express how hard it is. Think about this. Verse 3 is God-inspired. All Scripture is God-breathed, written for His people, written for us. 
God graciously gives us words to express what we feel when we can't even find the words to describe the depths of our sorrow. Trying to identify His presence in our lives at times is like being on that boat. Not only is it dark, but it is a torrential downpour of rain and the winds are howling. When we are deeply discouraged, it feels impossible to see God in the storm. And the noise of the depressive thoughts can be so loud, drowning out hope. But in love, God gives us words, language to point us to this precious truth that our sovereign God knows. And He welcomes us to come to Him. Even if that is just to say, it hurts even when I think of you, O Lord. When I remember you, O Lord. How compassionate and caring is our God. Do you need words to express the depths of how you feel and what you are going through? God in His care for you gives you those words in the psalm. When times are hard, do we pray like this? Are we comfortable with others praying or talking like this psalmist? Some may think that proper Christians don't pray this way, that proper Christians don't talk this way. That's simply not true. We see it right here in the psalm. It is the question to ask ourselves as brothers and sisters in Christ who want to be there for one another or to ask as a church, is our church or our Bible study safe places to express this kind of faith? A faith that is not just happy all the time, plastic smile on my face kind of faith. Like that toy, Mr. Potato Head. Anybody remember Mr. Potato Head? With the changeable plastic eyes and lips, we just put that plastic smile on our face because if you are a Christian, a Christian, dark thoughts shouldn't come. But that's not true. We want to be a community that welcomes the kind of faith that is messy, that is confused and hurting at times. Are we comfortable with this kind of faith? And then two other questions, just again being a student of your own heart here. Have you at times gone silent before God? When the pain of depression or any other pain enters your life, especially if it stays long, do you go silent before God? Do you give God the silent treatment? Depression isolates us from God and from others when we go silent. But God has given us the words to speak to help us to turn to Him. And then another question to consider, do you cry out in a complaining, grumbling kind of way to others? Those in your life who join you in those complaints, and that's just where you stay, wallowing and grumbling there. One author writes this, your life really is shaped by whom you cry out to. Where do you turn with your cries? Moving on in the psalm, verse 4, you hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. He is sleepless, speechless, and we pass danger right here. You are not alone in your struggle. These words are from a man in deep distress. He feels that in his body. He feels that in his soul. 
Depression says, no one understands what I'm going through. But God is saying here in this psalm, my child, you are not alone. Others have walked this path. There can be this strong feeling that comes with depression that it will never end. And there can be anxiety and fear wrapped around this experience because of that. It is helpful and it is hopeful to remind those struggling in the darkness that others have gone through this and come out on the other side. It will not always be this way. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says this, No temptation or no question has overtaken you that is not common to man. Depression may say, I am alone in this. It will never end. No one really understands how hard this is. But this promise says it is a common to man struggle. You are not alone in this experience. Moving on in verse 5, the psalmist writes, I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. He looks back, thinking about happier days, and he is searching, which leads him to ask a series of questions. Listen to these questions. Have you ever had questions like these? Will the Lord burn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? The psalmist is struggling with reconciling what he knows to be true of God and his character with what he is experiencing in his life. As he considers his life, the troubling things he's going through, he questions the love and faithfulness of God to keep his promises, and he questions the grace of God. When life is hard, questions rise to the surface in our hearts about God and his ways. Questions of his goodness, of his wisdom, and his care. Depression asks questions. Faith in Christ doesn't mean that the painful questions will never come. We can believe that God is good. We can believe that He is loving and gracious, but at times doubt it and struggle to feel it when the storm is raging in our lives. We don't feel the light of God's goodness, the light of God's love. But brothers and sisters, the sun is still shining even when the dark clouds are preventing you from feeling the warmth of the sun's rays on your face. God has not changed. Even when the clouds of this trial of depression are preventing you from feeling His presence. We don't bury our pain or just pretend the questions aren't there. Those questions can be a means to draw us closer to God. Under the surface of depression, there are questions about God, especially about God's goodness. Do you struggle when you look at your life with questions of God's goodness? Does it feel like, for the most part, that God just continues to withhold things from you, especially as you look at your life compared to others? Like a parent who lavishes gifts on one child and purposely withholds them from another. Does it feel like that sometimes? 
questions come. Like, if God is good, wouldn't He take this depression from me? If God is loving, wouldn't He heal me? I've seen Him heal others. Why doesn't He do the same for me? What is so wrong with me? And once we have identified what those questions are, what will we do with those questions? What does the psalmist do with those questions? This is the turning point of the psalm. Verse 10. Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You, with your arm, redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. The anchor is cast here into the very character of God. What God has done and who God is, His ways and His character. With all those questions about God still there, the psalmist calls to mind what he knows to be true. He remembers and he meditates. He remembers what God has done, His wonders of old. He's looking to the past. And it's not just a passing thought. He is meditating. He's lingering there in his mind. And then he is calling to mind what he knows to be true of the character of God. Your way is holy. You are great. You are gracious in redeeming and rescuing your people from slavery. What wonders of old is he remembering? What is he calling to mind? In verse 16, When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. And jumping to verse 19, your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. What wonders of old is he bringing to mind? He's remembering the Exodus, this moment when the character of God was on display. When he was revealing himself and demonstrating his sovereignty, his love, his wisdom, and his grace. The psalmist psalmist is taking his discouraged heart and his questions to that moment at the Red Sea when the people of Israel looked back at an enemy, at Pharaoh and the Egyptians, looked ahead at the Red Sea in front of them. They were afraid, they were confused, they were questioning God, they were helpless. And it seemed utterly hopeless. But God had promised to rescue them from their slavery. And he was faithful. He delivered them through the Red Sea. The psalmist is calling to mind the faithfulness of God when all seemed hopeless. But but God, by grace alone, he saved them. He's reminding himself of how God delivered. And even though God's footsteps might not be seen in what he is going through, and when the darkness feels so hopeless, the same God who delivered them through the sea will deliver him too. And the same God will deliver you. Where do, you, where do your thoughts linger when life is hard, when depression descends? Do you meditate on your troubles? Do your thoughts linger there? When you get up in the morning, 
as you're driving to work, as you're making dinner? Do you linger in your mind on your troubles? Are they on repeat in your mind? When you linger on your troubles, they grow larger, and God, His presence inevitably grows smaller and more distant. There is one person, Paul Tripp said this at one point, there is one person, person in your life who talks to you more than anyone else, and that person is you. So let me challenge you to think about what you think about, what you say to yourself. Martin Lloyd-Jones, in his book, Spiritual Depression, writes this, Have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? And what he means by that is what we see in Psalm 42, verse 5, where the psalmist is speaking to himself these words. The psalmist in Psalm 42 says this, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. Rather than listening to the dark, depressive thoughts playing over and over in our minds, we start speaking to ourselves, even when we feel numb. And what do we preach to ourselves? Psalmist says here, hope in God. We try so hard to attach our hope on people and things in our lives that we love, things that we want, and they fail because they were never meant to carry the weight of all our hope. Jesus is the only one. He is our hope. So we call to mind what we know to be true of God in Christ, and we preach the gospel to our hearts in the dark. And if we are unable to because of how dark it is, that's when we need one another. That's when we need someone else to pick up the, the anchor and cast it with us, reminding us of the hope we have in Christ. I read John 16:33 at the beginning of our time together today, today when Jesus said, In the world you will have trouble. There's a promise attached to that truth, right? It's not finished. The promise is this. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Our hope is in the one who has overcome the world, who has overcome sin and death by his death on the cross. Our hope is in Jesus, who has endured deep suffering. He knows your sorrow. He is the man of sorrows. He's borne our grief and he's carried our sorrows. He's been tempted in every way, yet without sin. He died to give you life, eternal life. The darkness of depression doesn't change what Christ has already done. We are forgiven. We are redeemed by His precious blood. We are adopted. We are children of God. And we belong to Him, which should change the way we see our life. 1 Corinthians 6.19 Where the Apostle Paul is writing about our body as a temple of the Holy Spirit, says this, You are not your own. So you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. You have been bought by the precious blood of Christ. And now it's time to think differently about what you are living for, because you belong to Him. 
we live now for the glory of God. As heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, we now live for the glory of His name to go to the nations. Depression shrinks our lives down to a hopeless, small place. But the fight of faith is to remember what God has done in Christ and to lift our gaze up to see that our lives are, not, are now about His kingdom, His glory. We look up to see that God in Christ is our greatest hope and is our greatest treasure. And then we look out to serve and love others. Depression looks inward, but the fight of faith is to look up and to see that our hope is in what Jesus has already done. And then to look out because our lives are not our own. The experience of depression is not just a deep mental and emotional struggle to overcome. It is an opportunity to pass anchor by faith into the darkness to the strong hope that we have in Christ. We have never been to failure. This life of faith we all know this to be true. It's messy. It is hard at times. But Christ is our reward. When the storm of depression rages, where we cast the anchor matters. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest in his unchanging grace. And every high and stormy day, my anchor holds. Stand up just so that the heads won't start to nod, right? We need to get some blood flowing just for about two minutes. Just stand where you are, and then we'll begin our last session, which will be a shorter one.